Hello, and welcome in to the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast. This will be a rapid review of the regional coming off the heels of LSU losing 8-7 to to Southern Miss today and failing to advance to the Super Regionals. So I just wanted to get something out very quickly. This will be in podcast form only. As always, you can find the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other major major audio platforms. Make sure to check me out. The Twitter account is at 60FT6INLSUPOD. And as I stated, this will be podcast form only, but if you want to check out any of the previous videos on the YouTube channel, the YouTube channel is 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod. So let's get into it. Um, I'm not going to go over the game entirely. I'm sure the majority of y'all saw it. If not, you caught up on play-by-play and Twitter. But it was just a tough way for the seniors to go out. You know, I thought they jumped out to a lead and everything looked great. Then, unfortunately, LSU kind of does what LSU does, really. They just settle in um, and they just string together bad at-bats and string together zeros. And I'll get into that in a second. But um, I don't think they got complacent. You know, they just didn't continue to apply pressure to Southern Miss. That allowed Southern Miss to creep back into it. The bullpen didn't throw very well today. And I was super impressed by the way they came back in the 7th and the 8th. I mean, that was massive. I was pumped up. I thought they had a chance to win it. I really thought Razelman was going to go out there and put up a zero, and I I thought if he put up a zero in the ninth, LSU finds a way to win it. But Southern Miss gets the first two guys on, and it was just a tough outing for him in the ninth. Uh, They score one, and LSU just fails to uh, get anything going in the bottom of the ninth, and Southern Miss walks away with an 8-7 win, and they will host the Super Regionals against in-state rival Ole Miss, so that should be something interesting. Can't necessarily say that I'll be tuning into that. If you're like me, you felt like this uh, regionals took a couple years off your life. It felt like, you know, every game was just a marathon. As LSU comes back to beat Kennesaw State in the first game, we talked about Kennesaw State. I told you those guys were good. They could hit. I didn't think their pitching would hold up, and it didn't. But LSU scores 10 in the eighth with a miraculous comeback to win 14-11. to LSU then goes on to beat Southern Miss with another comeback as they score four in the ninth and one in the tenth to beat Southern Miss seven to six. Then LSU turns around and throws out a clunker as they lose 8-4 to four and really not a very competitive game after about the fourth. And then LSU loses today 8-7. to seven. So looking back, I was, I was curious on how my get-right-stay-right list would do and the keys to the weekend. And I wanted to see if I was uh, a little bit prophetic in terms of what I thought would need to happen for LSU to be successful. And in the end, after watching all the games, how that matched up. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to break down every inning or every decision and pitching change because we'd be here all night. And like I said, I just don't have everything I usually do. And this is straight off the cuff. Usually I kind of write out a script and go over what I want to talk about. But I just wrote down some notes just to make sure I got something out really quick um, if anybody wanted to check out my opinions on some things. So for get right, stay right. This was for the whole regional. And I highlighted two guys. I highlighted Jacob Berry and Kay Doty. Both of those guys coming back off of injury. I thought they would be enormous for LSU. I thought they'd be key. You know, they could lengthen that lineup. They can move Thompson and McManus back down in the order. You could provide some protection for Pearson um, and Cruz and Morgan. <clears throat> and for the most part, that's what those guys did. So on the get right, for Barry, I think I missed on that. I just You could just tell. It just didn't seem like himself. You know, it, it just he had one good game. But besides that, you know, as one would expect, he just didn't seem like his self-hitting left-handed, not that Jacob Barry we'd come to expect all season. So on the weekend, throughout the regional rather, he was 4 for 19. So he only hit 211 in the regional. So not something uh, we would expect 
And obviously, I don't think he was hundred percent. If you you know, if you had to pull him aside and say, "Look, be honest with me," he'd probably say, "No, nah, I'm I'm good enough to go, but I'm not a hundred percent." But on the other hand, you had Kay Doty, who was amazing during the regional, and I think if LSU wins that regional, he's the regional MVP. By my calculations, Doty went eight for eighteen, which is a four forty four batting average. He had three home runs and six RBIs, and he was just a stud all weekend. You know, he kind of he came up clutch, just like he usually does um, with his home runs. I love the opposite field home run he hit in the uh, <clears throat> the first game against Southern Miss and the victory off their closer. You haven't really seen him go oppo this year. That's kind of been, been one of my biggest complaints, especially against the shift. You know, he just gets out in front, pulls a lot of balls because his hands are so quick and it's probably tough for him to wait back. But he went oppo taco in that Southern Miss game and that got me fired up and that was just a blast. So... I think those two guys evened out. You know, um, Barry not being full strength probably hurt a little bit, but I, I don't know if that was necessarily the difference in the game or the regionals, rather. And then from a stay right perspective, I had Hilliard and Floyd. You knew these guys would be throwing game one and game two, or you figured they would. And uh, I just thought with Hilliard setting the tone all year and with Floyd, he's been throwing very strong in his last four or five outings. And you figure he would probably be matched up against Southern Miss. That'd be a good test for him. But his stuff going up against them after what he did versus Tennessee, even though he lost, he threw very well. So I thought those two guys, um, you know, would prove to be very valuable. So stay right. Hilliard, his first outing was rough. The outing today, he came back and he was a trooper, showed a lot of grit, a lot of toughness coming back on two days rest. And um, his total stat line for the weekend was five and two-thirds innings pitched, ten hits, seven runs, seven earned, two walks, and five Ks. So I think I heard the announcer say um, – Against Kennesaw State, he gave up five runs, which is the most he had given up all year. So I think with him, it may have just been a combination of just a lot of wear and tear this year. You know, he's not the um, most physically imposing pitcher out there. And it just didn't seem like his breaking ball had a lot of bite this weekend, especially today. It looked like he was rolling in there, and Southern Miss had a really good beat on it. And they hit a lot of those breaking balls hard. And it just didn't seem like it was consistent as it had been, you know, and I, I think just a year may have took took its toll on him and bounced him back so quick. It was just tough for him to do. But Floyd, on the other hand, I think he did stay right. You know, his line against Southern Miss in the victory was six innings pitch, six hits, four runs, four earned, no walks, and seven Ks. And if you think about his outing, I know it feels like two weeks ago, but he probably threw 75 to 80% fastballs. And he usually does throw a lot of fastballs. We'd seen his changeup come on as of late, um, and Southern Miss had quite a few lefties, but it just didn't seem like he had a very good feel for his changeup and his breaking ball. I didn't think his breaking ball was nearly as consistent as it had been the past couple outings, and for him to do that well against a power-hitting club like Southern Miss and some people who have a plan, and those guys can uh, really hurt you with the bats and string together hits, um, I thought he threw well. The fact that he lived off his fastball and he got through six innings, so... I think Floyd stay right. Hilliard was tough. You know, I think that was kind of a, a push right there. But in the end, you know, if, if Hilliard has a little bit better outing or, or Barry does a couple things differently, does LSU win that series? Possibly. There's no doubt about it. Because I think, you know, with Hilliard going out so early in the first game and maybe Johnson and Kelly got as much out of him as they wanted today, um, things may have been a little bit different. And that gets into the three keys I had for the weekend. So my three keys were, the first key, can LSU find a way to manufacture runs throughout the weekend? And to me, the answer is no. And that's something this team had a problem with all season. So let me throw some stats out at you here. So against Kennesaw State, LSU was basically dead in the water till the 8th. 
You know, they were down 11-4, to I believe, heading into the eighth. Then they scored 10 runs with no home runs. So that's definitely manufacturing runs, but that was one inning, a massive inning, a record-breaking inning, but still not something you saw. We're not going to see anybody put up 10 runs in one inning usually without a home run. But um, just you saw this weekend where they went periods of the games and this is this had been happening all year. They would go periods of the games, four or five innings or six innings at a time where they just wouldn't score, wouldn't put together productive at-bats, and that allowed the other team to kind of climb back into the games, and that was kind of the story of the weekend. In the first Southern Miss game, LSU, which LSU won 7-6, to six, they scored four runs in the ninth, but they also had a McManus solo home run, and then Cruz and Doty had home runs in that game. But in that game, the first Southern Miss victory, LSU went six scoreless innings. In the loss to Southern Miss, 8-4, to four, Doty had a home run in the first, and then they had nothing after the third. So they w- went six scoreless innings again. And it always happens, like I said, in the middle of the game. They do a good job in the beginning, and they fought back at the end. But in the middle, they just, um, I don't know what it was. If they lost concentration or focus or guys got off the plan or what may have happened, but it definitely um, didn't help them this weekend. And then finally today, um, it wasn't as bad. I think they had, you know, they they didn't score in four or five innings, but they scattered those around. LSU still relied on the long ball, but um, you know, all in all, I don't think they hit on that key to the weekend. I don't think they were able to manufacture runs. And I just found against uh, Kennesaw State, they went four scoreless. So in four of the games, excuse me, in three out of the four games, they went six scoreless, six scoreless, and four scoreless. And like I said, it was always in those middle innings. Another way, and excuse me, the second key for the weekend that I had for the regional. I said, can the pen as a whole deliver this weekend? And I think that's a big fat no. You know, I think their best game was the only game in which LSU beat Southern Miss. They threw really well in relief of Floyd. Fontenot threw very well. Check this out. In the last two games against Southern Miss, the pen had 10 walks and 6 Ks. And to me, that that is an absolute sign of tired arms and tired bodies. And I felt like USM... They were all over their pitches in those two, uh, the last two games, and um, they didn't seem like they were really fooled at all. So for the regional, the bullpen threw 22 innings pitched, 22 hits, 19 runs, 16 earned, 15 walks, and 22 Ks. So that is not the numbers that this bullpen has been putting up all year. But once again, the bullpen threw 61% of the innings during the regional. So it always seemed like they they got they threw between 60 to 75% of the innings on a given weekend, sometimes more, maybe a little bit less. But I think in the end, these just these guys were taxed. I mean, think about this. Today in the loss of Southern Miss, <clears throat> you saw Hasty come in and he was spiking fastballs. You rarely see guys spike fastballs. So to me that's tired legs or bad mechanics which could be um due to tired legs or tired arm. You know when you get tired your mechanics get out of whack. Then, then your control is going to get out of whack. And you saw him against Kentucky in that start. He was all over the place. And he didn't throw well in his other outing in the regional. So where he was dealing, his last three outings were rough. You saw today Razelman's velocity. This was his second appearance on the weekend. But when he came out for the ninth, I, I, he was like 90 to 92. And I'd never seen him throw that slow for him, but that slow all year. So once again, tired legs, tired arm. You saw Gervais, his last couple outings, his mechanics. Now, he always has kind of bad mechanics. But, man, he really had to work hard today. His body and his mechanics were everywhere. 
and you saw him struggle every inning, and he had the ability to work out of it because his stuff was good, and he finally started flipping in some breaking balls. But, man, he had to work for it. So to me, tired legs, tired arm. You also saw Hilliard. I mentioned it earlier. I just didn't think he had the bite to his curveball. And, look, he, you know, if he throws on Friday, his bullpen day is usually probably going to be on a Tuesday. So he was a day early from his bullpen day. But I, I think, the, you know, the year kind of took a toll on him, and he's not used to probably coming back that quick. And also I think you saw Floyd as well, and he didn't have big control of his curveball in his outing against Southern Miss. So to me I just think, you know, Cooper didn't throw great this weekend. <clears throat> um, Fano threw, had one good outing, then he had another rough one. To me I just thought it was just a buildup of the pin being used so much, so often, due to the fact that they had to. They didn't have three true starters. Money went out hurt earlier in the year. But you had to rely on Hilliard. You 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 know piece things together on Sundays. For, you know the majority of the SEC, and then you know till late in the year you didn't really have a number two because you know Floyd didn't really emerge till the last four or five weeks. So it was pretty much Hilliard, then TBA after that. So the pin took the brunt of those innings. They carried a heavy load, and I just think you saw the culmination of that this weekend, unfortunately. And those guys can only do so much, right? They did a ton for LSU throughout the year, but in the end, it's eventually going to get them. And I thought they may get away with it today and have a chance to get to the Supers, but you know, Southern Miss um, just finally got to them at the end. And lastly, the third key, <clears throat> could LSU handle the pressure, the expectations, the hostile environment? And I think that's a resounding yes. You know, this team showed amazing grit, amazing fight, uh, determination. There were some times when I thought they were down and out. Personally, I was wondering, I didn't know if they had enough juice to come back. But look, they scored 10 in the 8th against Kennesaw State, 4 in the ninth, and 1 in the 10th against Southern Miss, and then today, 2 in the 7th and 1 in the 8th. You know, they just kept fighting back. That's just a testament to those guys, their belief in each other, um, Coach Johnson, Coach Kelly, and the rest of the coaching staff. And, um, you know, they just did it, and it sucks because you really wanted to see them get a chance to go to a Super Regional or host a Super Regional and have Ole Miss come into town and get some payback against those guys and your SEC West rivals. But... Uh, it just didn't happen, and it stinks that you only get one year of Barry. Doty's going to be out of here. I'm not sure who else we're going to lose, you know, but um, but they definitely handled the pressure. They definitely were the road dogs, but in the end, they just didn't have enough juice to get over that line right there. And I think just kind of wrapping this up, one of the biggest things, it's not an excuse to me. I think it's just a fact. Now, every team has injuries. You lose people. But I think the key people that LSU lost, the time at which they lost them, really played a factor. Not an excuse. You got to play through it. And they did. And those guys came back. But think about this. You had Javon Coleman, who was probably going to be a starter for you. He went down like in the first or second weekend. You lose Malazzo early and you never get him back. And we saw the problems that caused on the defensive side with the catchers. You lose money. Money gets hurt with a hand thing. And I'm going to be honest, I have no idea if he recovered if he ever felt the same, if he's still feeling, still having problems with it. I don't know that. I don't know the kid. But he still goes down with the hand thing, and, and you don't know if he's 100%. Then you lose Barry, Doty, and Dugas late in the year when you're playing very well, and you're gelling as a team, and you just lose those guys. And I think Doty came back at 100%. He was swinging the crap out of it. But Barry and Dugas definitely did not come back at 100%, and I just think that kind of cost you – you know, from a team standpoint, because then you had to mix and match. Now, you still won some games with Cranford in there, Bianco in there, and Stevenson in there. But in the end, I think 
you know, not having Barry for the, you know, week, week and a half leading up to the regionals, I think that definitely hurt, you know. And then lastly, I definitely, th- I, you know, after Coach Johnson's first year, he would say it's going to be a, a failure. I think a lot of people see the regional and think that they should have won it. They could have, should have, but Southern Miss, look, Southern Miss is a good team. They play hard. You know, those guys take every at-bat serious. They have an amazing pitching staff with a ton of depth and a ton of arms. And um, they're a really good program over there. Can't stand their fans and their social media. But from a player's perspective, look, they don't talk any smack. They don't showboat. They just roll it out there and get after you. And they'll get after you for nine innings. So very impressed with that program. The players on the field, the rest I could care less about. But to me, Johnson, uh, Coach Johnson, is the right choice. I think he's the man to lead Ellis in the future. I think they're going to be back very quickly. I have a lot of confidence in him and his staff moving forward. You know, LSU's supposed to have an amazing recruiting class coming in. I believe one of the maybe the number one in the country. But you never know with those guys who's going to show up to campus after the draft. And then you never know who you're going to lose in the draft besides Barry and Doty. I haven't looked to see who's draft eligible and who may or may not be coming back. You have to imagine that um, Coach Johnson and Kelly are going to try to hit the portal probably pretty heavy from a pitching perspective, depending on who shows up once again. And then I also imagine they're going to try to go out and get one or two infielders to shore up some of that infield play as well. Also, who knows what's going to happen with Bianco, Beloso, and Dugas, if those guys are going to come back or not. But all in all, it stinks today that we're doing a uh, original wrap-up where LSU's not advancing, but I think the program's on the right path. And look, it's like a, a lot of those sports programs at LSU, right? you got Brian Kelly now taking over for Coach O. He's going to have to turn things around. Kim Mulkey's turned things around. you got uh, McMahon taking over for Will Wade, and it's going to take him a while to turn things around. But all in all, I think with Jay Johnson and his pedigree and his expectations and how big of a baseball guy he is, all he does is eat, sleep, and breathe baseball, I think he's going to turn this thing around quick. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have a chance to go back. If they get a couple arms in and maybe another bat, man, I definitely think they have a shot at Omaha next year um, while you still have, you know, Thompson, Cruz, um, Morgan, the emergence of Pearson, who's an absolute stud. I would imagine Stevenson's going to get better. And then you probably have Malazzo coming back behind the dish, and that sure is up some of the defensive questions. You know, Joe Bear, I'm sure he's going to come back and get better. So now you need a third baseman. Maybe you need another middle infielder and then uh, maybe some power guy at DH and you're going to be set as long as you get a couple arms, that's for sure. So that's going to do it with the rapid reaction on the regional podcast for the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod um, YouTube channel, Twitter account. Just remember this is a podcast only. You can find this on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other major audio platforms. Always make sure to check me out on Twitter at 60FT at 6, excuse me, at 60FT6INLSUPOD. Follow the account, set your notifications bell, like, retweet, comment, hit me up. Um, let me know if you want to see me do something different on the pod from here on out. And the YouTube channel is 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod. I do plan on doing kind of a season wrap-up, you know, good things, bad things, what we learned about the team, what, what I, I would expect them to do moving forward. But that's going to take me a little while to get to um, once I get back home and kind of get all my ducks in a row. So thank you guys for everything, all the interactions, all the comments, all the support. It is greatly appreciated. Y'all stay safe, and I will see y'all on the season wrap-up 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod.